Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Staying Home with Wit. I am so beyond grateful for my career right now, honestly, more than ever. It has given me the ability to fully, truly pursue my dreams, like designing a clothing line and have just this amazing life with my husband, and with Sunny. However, my multifaceted business brings along a lot of stressors, which can bleed into my personal life. When you're an entrepreneur, kind of how hard you work can really infiltrate into your personal life because you get out what you put in. And I can't help but feel scattered a lot of the times and anxious and I feel like I'm working on so many different projects and wearing so many different hats and sometimes they're not connected to each other and it's just really hard to balance. All this to be said, I am thrilled at this point to be talking to Kelsey Murphy, a business and life coach who has worked with Fortune 500 companies like Facebook and Twitter, coaches and other brilliant people creating meaningful businesses and lives. Her coaching work has been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, Huffington Post, Live Strong, Living Healthy, and more. When Kelsey's not coaching, you can find her hosting the Whiskey and Work podcast, giving her wise and very comical advice on navigating the waters of business, life, and relationships. Without further ado, here is my chat with Kelsey. I'm really so excited to be chatting with you just because the business coach industry and you know what you guys do is really, really fascinating to me, especially being someone that didn't really go to business school and now finds myself you know, running a business without so much expertise. So I just want to start with hearing about your background and how you got into being a business coach. Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like it's a, it's a layered background. <laughs> it's never linear. That's know? how all of them should be, right? It's not just like an uphill tra- trajectory all the time. No. Uh-uh. Okay. So I started <laughs> way back in the day with not knowing what I was going to do at all, right? I went to school for like agricultural business, like just to get into the business school or like just to get into my college, you know, like, and it was um, my favorite course was like dairy science. And I'm from like Southern California where I had never seen a farm. So I kind of went through college, just like experiencing college and just having fun. And then I left and my mom and I had opened up this really small little coffee shop restaurant in our hometown. And so cute. Yeah, it was awesome. And a freaking labor of love. Let me tell you, oh my dear Lord, my heart just goes out to people in the restaurant industry because it's just, it's so much labor. It's so Mm -hmm. much work. And there's so many highs and lows to it. And so I went back and uh, I ran it for a year. And she was basically like, I'm done. I've done this for like seven or eight years. It's great. But like this ship has sailed Mm -hmm. and like, I'm going to move on to something else. And uh, I was like, no, let me come back and let me see what I can do with it. And so it was so fun. I got to go back right out of college and basically have this little small business. And I learned so much in that year. Also recognized so many of the things that she was seeing that I 
have now taken and been able to apply to my online business, like efficiencies and systems and doing things that you really love and focusing on those instead of like, you know, spreading yourself thin and trying to like be a jack of all trades. So I ended up selling it for her. So I ran it for about a year and was like, okay, I see that. I see why, why we're moving on from this. Like it's amazing. But what I realized was it wasn't creating the lifestyle that she or I wanted. And I recognized in that moment that we were the kind of people and we were just always going to be like this. Like we had to have the lifestyle we wanted before the business or before the money or before whatever was happening in that other world. And so I threw all my stuff into a car one weekend and I drove up to San Francisco and I like slept on my best friend's couch for like two weeks and was like, I'm going to get a job up here and like, I'm going to do this big city thing. And and interviewed at like 20 different jobs and like randomly landed at this advertising agency as like the assistant's assistant assistant. You know, so <laughs> they're like, your job is to get the copies. And I'm right. Like, okay. But at that point, you're like, I'll do whatever, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, I like, mean, probably how so many people feel right now. It's like, just give me a job. Yes. And, and a job that like I can wear jeans and you could have dogs in the office. I was like, done, sold. Done. Like, <laughs> like this is a win-win. So I started there and I fell in love with the people there. The people were there were all creative. They were these brilliant creative minds. They were art directors and copywriters. I'd never been in that environment before where I watched people really like make money and create careers off of genuinely being creative. So that was so new and fascinating to me. And I loved the environment and the energy. So that was incredible. And so I worked really hard. So I just like cranked my way to the top. And I ended up literally being the youngest account director like ever promoted there. And I started leading all these big clients like Nintendo and Elizabeth Arden and GoPro and all these great accounts. And they started flying me all over the world. And I got to work on like Britney Spears commercial and Bono's commercial and all these very fancy pants names, right? I was like, oh, I'm doing it. Like, this yeah. is it. Like, <laughs> you guys, I made it. I was like, you know, when I went to the bars and I got to talk at like, you know, cocktail parties, I'm like, I have a cool thing to tell I'm you. I'm an exec. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely knew probably a few years in, like, this doesn't quite feel like my passion, but like it feels fun and it feels exciting. And I think I always had this mentality, I think probably because my mom was a stay-at-home mom, that like, I'm going to do my big city thing and then I'm going to find my husband and right. then I'm going to move out of the city. I'm going to quit my job, have like 20 babies and just like, <laughs> stay home. Like that's just in my brain what was what was going to happen. And then I think as we start to grow older and we start to be like, oh, oh, like I kind of do like working a little bit. Yeah. Like, oh, like I, how, how do, is there a way to do both. And I started asking a lot of those questions and I looked around and in my industry, especially at the time, there really wasn't. There was no women doing that. There was no role models of people that were able to do both. Like they kind of were like, you can do both, but you have to choose, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a certain mm -hmm. time in your career where you focus on career. There's another time where you focus on kids. And I was just like, that feels like you're chopping off my arms. Like right. I don't, I don't feel like I can be happy doing that. And the hardest part about that was not seeing anyone that was doing it like anywhere. Right. And then I just started to get older and I started to be like, listen, Kelsey, like it, like either you're going to find this or not. Like, and, and I started to feel more and more insecure and more and more self-conscious because I think that when we stay in this place where we know we're not supposed to be, whether it's a job or a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. We stay in those places and our gut's telling us the whole time, like, this isn't right, but you don't know what is right. Right. And like you're, you're like, so you stay in this like awkward limbo. Mm -hmm. And then I think we don't even notice it like slowly deteriorates our self-confidence. Mm -hmm. like, and like almost our confidence to make good decisions. Like we are like, I don't even know anymore. I don't even know what I like to do. I don't even know who I am. I don't know what my hobbies are. Mm -hmm. And I started like feeling all these feelings and it just got worse and worse. And it started to like just eat away at me. And so finally I was like, well if anything, you need to figure out who you are and like what you like to do. And so I literally started by like, 
taking an Italian class. And it's like, <laughs> but we'll start here. I don't know where else to go. But right. like, let's start with something that seems interesting to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I took the Italian class and then I got all inspired by, you know, like Italian in Italy. And I, and I planned and I, a big trip. And I went, you know, and traveled by myself for the first time. You had like your eat, pray, love moment. I totally like, right. (laughs) And then it was like, and now I'm going to join a soccer team. And then like, I do, you know, like, but what was so interesting was all these little moments of like following like my passion and following my curiosities were reminding me that like, you do have interests, like Mm -hmm. you can follow those things. You are in charge of your own life. And as I continued to do that, it was like my confidence, like got stronger and stronger and stronger. And then I rolled that into like my career. And then it was like, okay, what do you really want to do? And so I started exploring those things through exploring. I started really digging into online people, like people that were building these lives online. And I started to find female entrepreneurs that were building online businesses that were that had the exact lifestyle that I wanted, right? Like had these mm-hmm. amazing relationships with their husbands, had like months and months to like travel and to have these adventures that had these great relationships with their kids. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it is possible. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't right here. And it's going to take a new skill set. And like, am I willing to do that? And at that point in my life, I was like, absolutely, because I want to like lifestyle where I am part-time at home with my kids mm-hmm. hanging out mm-hmm. and then part-time, you know, flying first class, sipping champagne with the girls. Like that's what I want. I want both of those lives and, and that's just always going to be who I am, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to give up one for the other. I'm not going to say, well, this is a season of work and then it can be a season of kids. It's like, that's just not the reality of life. Like they mm-hmm. happen at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. So I was like, how can I build this? And so then I started looking into life coaching and business coaching. And I started kind of getting my chops in life coaching and fell in love with that just from like a goal setting and understanding who you are and your values and beliefs perspective. Um, And I was able to kind of help people transition out of nine to fives into starting their own businesses. And then once that kind of blew up and got really big, then I really leaned into business coaching. And Mm -hmm. that's when I started to just get so much momentum and business coaching because it turned out there were so many other people like me that wanted to create these almost lifestyle businesses, right? Mm -hmm. Like these businesses that were not hustle businesses. They weren't like, I need seven figures in the first year. They're like, dude, high six figures and working 20 hours a week and chilling with my kids sounds amazing. Can I Mm -hmm. build that this year? And I'm like, well, yes. Like, but once we got so clear on like what success looked like for them, which was very different for each person, I was able to help them build those things. And then that just kind of like started rippling. And now here we are chatting. Now here you are. So for those of us that may not know, like what, what exactly is a life coach? Yes. Life coaching for me was really talking to people about, was understanding like human psychology, you mm-hmm. know, it wasn't, when you think about therapy, right? Like you're, you're talking to someone and you're really digging into the past and mm-hmm. you're really digging into cognitive behavior mm-hmm. and um, so many beautiful things. And I have my own therapist. <laughs> I have my own life coach. I got my own business coach, right? Yeah. I'm a big believer in like personal development, right? So they each fill a different role for me. So I think they're mm-hmm. all valuable. But when you work with a coach, specifically a life coach, you are really working on understanding like who you are now and like what your aspirational values and goals are. Like, who do you want to be? Who do you want to show up as tomorrow? Who do you want to show up as next year? And what does that look like for you in your personal life, in your relationships? What does that look like for you in your business? Um, And like, where's the gap? right? Like, and understanding that gap. So it's less about like just goal setting, but it's more about like, why do I feel so uncomfortable and insecure in this area? Like, do I need to, you know, like, do do I need to show up in a different way? Do I need to like start loving up on my emotional introverted self? Like what, what Mm -hmm. are those things? And so you kind of dig to those root causes and then you talk about how that can show up in your day-to-day life and and you kind of work through that. So it's like, even though I was a life coach, 
originally, and now I am way more heavy into the business coaching world, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that piece is still so important, right? Because it's like, if you're looking at your business, for me, I'm working predominantly with women that want Mm -hmm. to build businesses that usually either have kids or are planning to have kids. Mm -hmm. And that lifestyle that we want, there's a big belief that we can't have it, right? There's a big... And so we've been operating in this way where we're kind of shutting off a part of ourselves. We're Mm -hmm. we're ignoring and shutting off part of ourselves. And that makes us feel insecure in ways we don't even understand. So it's like, once you start cracking that down and saying like, okay, what do we need to go after to, you know, shift that limiting belief? Is that something from a financial perspective? Is Mm -hmm. that something from a relational perspective? Then that's where those worlds kind of like intersect. So I do work heavily on business coaching now, but like my background in life coaching, it's like inevitable it's going to come up, you know? Of course, because it's all about who a person is and what makes them tick. And so you need to know those things in order to help evolve their business. Yep. And now a word from our brand partner. It is so hot right now in LA. I am sweating profusely at all times and I run hot too. And especially when I'm filming stuff, like I just get nervous and sweaty. And so the way I battle that stinkiness and sweatiness is with my native deodorant. It doesn't just block odor better. It's actually made better. They have ingredients you've heard of like coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. And it's also vegan and never tested on animals. I believe reading labels is key. I do it with everything from the food I buy to the beauty products I use and even my deodorant. So it's so important that you can actually like pronounce the products that are in there and the ingredients. I also believe that performance matters. I mean, when you're putting on a deodorant, you do not want to sweat and you want to smell good. And they make that happen for you. I've been wanting to switch to more natural products for a while now, but sometimes they don't always do all those things. So Native actually does all those things. I don't know if you know, but aluminum forms a plug in your sweat glands to keep you from sweating. And that's why Native never uses ingredients like aluminum, parabens, sulfates, or talcs. And with over 10 cents, including rotating seasonals, Native has something for everyone. Their most popular classic scents are coconut and vanilla, which sounds amazing, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, which is so refreshing refreshing and citrus and herbal, which is my new favorite. Native is risk-free to try. Every product comes with free shipping within the US plus free 30-day returns and exchanges. See why so many people love Native and check out their over 15,000 five-star reviews. They also have a pumpkin spice collection, you guys. PSL is back with a whole lot to be excited about. So get excited. The scent has notes of pumpkin, cinnamon, nutmeg, and clove. Mm, 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 mm. Native. Do what I did and make the switch to native today by going to nativedo.com slash with wit or use promo code with wit at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedo.com slash with wit or use promo code with wit at checkout for 20% off your first order. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes. Join me every Monday for a new episode of my podcast, Recovering From Reality. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, I'm here to deliver intimate conversations and expert insights to empower you on the road towards authentic wellness. So are you ready to recover from reality? And now back to our chat. For me, like before quarantine started, I tried to have this schedule where it was like three days of solid work. It was like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday were solid work days. And then Monday and Friday were like my mom days, you know, where I could sort of like shut off. And it was working okay. You know, it's like, it's very hard to then on Mondays and Fridays be like, sorry, I'm unavailable. Like I can't take your call. I'm with my kid today. You know, it's not really like super acceptable when you're professional to just be like off two of the weekdays. Now I'm more flexible about it. And I try to look at the days on their own, as opposed to like a whole workday. Like I try to just take one day at a time and make sure that I'm trying to find some sort of balance of like being a mom and working. But 
What advice can you give us working moms right now for creating just like a more effective work schedule? You know, balance is, is this, this loaded kind of dirty word and uh, you have to find your rhythm. You have to find your flow. You, and, and some people do call it balance. It is sometimes it is balance, but yeah. just, just like you're saying, ugh, we live as moms in such seasons, right? Like right now is a really, really tough season. So understanding what we need as moms and humans, honestly, in this season is a lot more like love and reminding ourselves mm-hmm. that we are freaking killing it. Mm-hmm. Like we are doing so many jobs right now. So literally implementing systems to retrain our brain to remember that is like a significant piece of the puzzle right now. But mm-hmm. just I was just talking to my husband the other day and I was like, man, before this, gosh, I had that schedule nailed and I had it nailed for, for probably a good year and a half or so, you know, but the reality is, is as a mom, you're giving to your children in different ways as they grow, right? So even if you get your, your, your system and your schedule nailed down, you're going to have to take a step back and reevaluate as your child evolves and grows. Right. It's just like, it's just like toddlers and like feeling like you've got the system, like, oh, they're sleeping in their bed. Like we figured it all out. And all of a sudden a developmental <laughs> change happens. And then you're like, what, what, what just happened? Right. Like, and, and you never know what's going to happen. And you don't know what happens till after it's happened. Right. And you don't, usually, you know it when you're like failing, right. Because you have this new situation in front of you. You haven't prepared for it. Like you haven't read the books on it because you didn't know it was coming so soon. Or you didn't even know it existed. Exactly. Right. And so it's like, oh. how can you even find balance when there's so many things that come up throughout the day that yes. you have to deal with. It's not oh, like yeah. you can just set a schedule and it's going to go as planned. No, uh-uh. And, and and inevitably, even if you do set a schedule, that thing is getting tossed out the window. I mean, within hours, yeah. right? Like, especially in the world right now, like I will say like by like noon, I like look at my schedule and I'm like, that that is hideous. Like, like that's that not happening. I'm like at three o'clock, I'm not going to be in the mental space to do that. That needs to get canceled. <laughs> and it's like, I feel like we go through that every midday and yes. every Wednesday. By Wednesday, you're just looking at your whole week and being like, well, the whole week, man, like that thing went sideways real fast. Yeah. which, which these are just like the realities of the season we're yeah. in, you know? Yeah. And I think sometimes with moms, depending on your personality, like a newborn season may be harder than mm-hmm. like a toddler season mm-hmm. or a teenage season. And I think it's so interesting when moms are like, oh, this season's easier because you can get more done or this season's easier for this reason. It's very personality-based, right? Mm-hmm. Like some people really like babies mm-hmm. and they just- I didn't. Sh- right, yeah. Like it's like you could just mm-hmm. chill with a baby and hang or some people love- you know, kindergartners that are having more interaction and Mm -hmm. conversation, right? So every season is going to be different. And I think there are a couple things that you can do um, to take a step back and to quickly reevaluate because uh, there's a lot of times where we can go back and we can do a whole vision board, right? And we can understand like everything. And you're like, dude, I've got two minutes for a vision board. Right. right Like how do I recenter myself? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, so what I do, and I do this every quarter is I do set aside like on a Sunday night for like 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. Um, and I do my three-year manifesto. The three-year manifesto is literally like transporting myself three years from this exact day. So whatever day people are listening to this, like Mm -hmm. you transport yourself to this day three years from now Mm -hmm. and you envision waking up in the morning and and this is a perfect day, right? Like you're you're envisioning the perfect day. Like life is epic in three years. Like Mm -hmm. what does it look like? Mm -hmm. And usually for me, I'm like, okay, I'm waking up in like the comfiest bed. Like I have the best down comforter. Like I'm snuggling. I feel well rested, right? I like turn over to my husband. Like maybe he like tells me like a dirty joke and we giggle, you know, like, and it's like, we still have that laughter. Mm -hmm. And then I roll over and maybe I go make us coffee and I have like 20 minutes to myself, right? And then I hear my baby waking up or then I hear Kenna, my my toddler. She's like pitter-patting downstairs and like we turn on some music and we start like laughing and singing and dancing to music and maybe we make pancakes because it's Monday and why wouldn't you make pancakes on a Monday? You know, like I'm just Mm -hmm. envisioning this like epic life, right? Like and how I feel and what it looks like. And then I start going into my day and what does work look like for me? Mm -hmm. And 
And what does my bank account look like, right? Like I'm going into everything. Like mm-hmm. what does it look like and feel like? And then for me, when I, I write that down, whenever I feel lost or mm-hmm. I feel like, man, like what am I going to do tomorrow? How am I going to plan my day? I take a step back and I usually every Sunday night for about two minutes, I just reread that manifesto. Mm-hmm. Two minutes, like two minutes. And I, when I go back to that, I remember the important things that I care about, which mm-hmm. is laughing with my daughter mm-hmm. in the morning, mm-hmm. which is giggling with my husband, mm-hmm. you know? And I reread that manifesto and it takes me away from all of the distractions, all of the to-dos. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're still going to be there, but all of a sudden that laundry and like the fact that I haven't cleaned my bathroom. None in the of it matters COVID, as much. It doesn't matter. And what matters is that I block off 15 minutes to go laugh with my little girl. Mm-hmm. And the way that you feel at the end of the day when you prioritize those things that matter. And when I say prioritize, I literally like I'm, I'm cracking up. I'm going to have to like text you a picture of what my calendar looks like <laughs> after this because it is like an emoji and like a heart and like a laughing face being like 15 minutes laugh with your child. Like, because I won't remember, like it's COVID. Like I'm so stressed. I have 7 million things to do. I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, in theory, laughing with my kid is great. But when I get to the end of the day, I I genuinely feel like a failure if I haven't done those, if I haven't laughed with my husband, if I haven't laughed with my kid, if I rushed her out the door to get somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the things that make me feel like I'm nailing it as a mom and as a human and and in the life that I want. Mm -hmm. So Often and sometimes it is work too. Sometimes it's like you just need to have one coaching call where you make someone feel heard. Mm-hmm. You make them feel heard and seen, and you help them get over one hurdle. One hurdle is all you need. And if you can get off of that, you have shifted someone's life in that day, right? Mm-hmm. Like that has been significant for you. So, so I, I have to always take a step back and look at my calendar, look at my to-do list. Like, what am I prioritizing? Is it just a bunch of like housekeeping stuff, right? Is it just a bunch of like, well, don't forget to do those returns. Don't forget to do that. Like, cause that's always going to be there. Like yeah. they're always going to pile up. But yeah. if in front of that, I'm putting on my iCal or I'm putting on my calendar, something that is related to that three-year manifesto, yeah then that brings me to the life that I actually want to be living. And I get to the end of the day and I'm like, you know what? You didn't get it all done because we never will, especially right, right now. Right. But you did a good job. Like, but you did a, did a day that you would feel proud of. So I think that it's, it's less about being more productive and it's more about taking a step back and prioritizing the things that you actually care about because Mm -hmm. that gives you confidence. That makes you feel more proud of yourself. That will give you actually more fuel and momentum to get more done throughout the day and also to go to bed feeling like, okay, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about this. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because it's like you write down this manifesto of what you want to happen in three years, but a lot of those things that you wrote down can just happen right now. Mm -hmm. So you, you realize that you need to live like more in the moment. And now a word from our sponsor. KiwiCo is making Halloween fun this year. I know that the thought of Halloween not being here is really upsetting and depressing for a lot of us, but let's not look at it as completely gone. Let's look at it just a little bit different. The treats don't have to stop at candy or tricks. Let's think about how we can make this time special for our kids. KiwiCo actually has hands-on science and art projects that your ghoulies won't go batty with boredom. They're like really cute Halloween theme projects. Instead, the kids will be inspired by their fun and innovative creative problem-solving crates. And these crates are delivered right to your door every month. So if you're feeling like you just want to punch it up a little bit, make this holiday a little bit more special for your kid because of the lack of what we can do, definitely check out Kiwi Co. They have the cutest crates. Sunny and I have made such fun things. We made this little like measuring tape and he got to glue on these fun eyes. He's obsessed with eyes and make it into like a little robot. And then he measures things like he's a legit whatever, whoever measures things, that's what he's doing and he loves it. So while your kids might be unable to go to fun places, you can bring these kinds of fun activities straight to them. And unboxing a crate feels exciting. Like, you know, when you get a package and your kid asks you if it's for them, like this one actually can be for them. They won't believe what they can build and accomplish with KiwiCo. And when they're finished, you watch their confidence just like 
beam. Their confidence is as big as their smile. It's been so hard to find new creative ways to keep our kids busy while stretching their brain. So KiwiCo does the legwork for you. There's different crates for kids of all ages, and there's something for every kid on your list. Get 30% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code WITHWIT at KiwiCo.com. That's 30% off your first month at KiwiCo, K-I-W-I-C-O.com with the promo code WITHWIT. KiwiCo is redefining learning with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. There's something for every kid or kid at heart, even for us guys at KiwiCo. And now back to our chat. What were some of like the mantras you, you touched on this before, some of the things that we can tell ourselves when we find ourselves like beating up on, I don't want to say ourselves again, but like, you know, (laughs) I think, but it's it's true. true. It's like, sometimes we're our own worst enemy and we listen to the voice in our head. And, you know, I've been trying to do a little bit of meditation so that I can retrain my brain to snap out of those thoughts and be like, those are only thoughts. Those are just projections of insecurity. They're not real. Like snap back into the moment and what's real. Like what are some of those mantras that you've taught some of your women that can snap them back into reality and help them stop doubting themselves? Oh, I love that. And and I love that you're so honest about that because it's the reality, right? Of mm-hmm. like the way that we're feeling. And I feel like it's so important for you to be honest and for me to be honest and let people know, like, trust me, like we're going to bed every night, like battling our own insecurities and deciding what we're going to let lead and what we're going to, you know, not let lead. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're good at it. And sometimes we're awful at it, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, and sometimes there's tears and like other times there's like motivation. And like, just like you were saying today, like you woke up feeling like really motivated and excited and like, who knows what tomorrow is going to be like. Right. Right. So yeah, there are a couple things that you can do for that. So it's, it's important to recognize who you are naturally and what your personality is. And I would assume that you are probably similar to me in the fact that you have this ambitious side, but you also have this side that wants to chill. Right. And that time like, and that's really, really hard for women that want to move forward because we often will battle ourselves and have these conversations about like, oh, like I'm just lazy or I'm All not the following time. through, right? I like, call myself, like, my my husband and I call it, we call it low end, like low energy when we're like, <laughs> we're just like, we're kind of low end people. And I'm like, but wait, I'm so ambitious. I have so much going on. I have such a big life, such a big job. But really like what I want to be doing is sitting on the couch watching TV and then I feel bad about myself. And I'm like, how, who, who really am I? Am I this ambitious person or am I this lazy person? But yeah, it's so interesting that you touch on that because that's really how I feel about myself. Totally. And it's so interesting to be able to watch those thoughts because what you just described can be described in so many different ways, right? Like you can describe it as like, sometimes I want to be ambitious and sometimes I'm lazy. Or you can say, sometimes I want to like focus and hustle hard and like go after something I really care about. And other times I want to let myself rest, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and I want to chill and I want to mindlessly laugh at something. And mindlessly laughing is so hugely important to re-trigger things in our body and our brain, right? So it's like you are finding your balance in this season of life that works for you, right? Like, and the important thing is the convert, the internal dialogue that we're having about that and really owning and loving up on that. Like, like I'm a big crier. Like Me I, too. Oh, my, oh Lordy. Good. Like, like the amount that every I cry. <laughs> I was going through a phase of quarantine where it was like every other day. And I was like, oh, yeah. this has to be normal, right? Yeah. <laughs> where are my criers out there? Yeah. Right? Yes. I am such a crier. And I remember growing up hating that about myself. Like, oh, it's just embarrassing, to right? To be so emotional. And, yeah, so emotional. And like, I like now it's like, I, like I love up on it. And it's like, I'm just, I, my husband calls me leaky, you know, like, oh, she's getting leaky again, you know? <laughs> it's like, I'll watch a Friends episode and be like, tears so- again. 
like, really? Wow. Really? You know, like we're there. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's just how I'm built. And what was really interesting is growing up, I I hated that about myself. Like, and I hated it in my executive job, right? Like I would feel triggered. Like I would feel triggered whether it was negotiating or when there was kind of a little mini injustice happening in the office. Like I would feel this trigger and I would feel emotional and I would have to stifle it. And by stifling it, I definitely felt like, oh, this is unacceptable. Why are you like this, Kelsey? I wish I wasn't like this. And by having that constant internal dialogue, that affected me in all areas of my life, right? It affected me in relationship. It affected the way I felt about myself. And I just wanted to change who I was. And when you're operating and going through life wanting to change who you are, like that, like there's no worse way to really put kind of a wet blanket on yourself and and navigating like the highs and lows and, and your partnership and your kids. Like if you have that kind of blanket on you this whole time, day-to-day life is going to get worse yeah. and worse and, and exhausting. Worse, right? So you almost want to recognize those things about yourself that you are kind of fighting, right? Mm-hmm. And find out why that is one of your superpowers, right? Because for me, being emotional is an absolute superpower. Like I am I'm can connect with people very quickly. Like I love up on humans like a crazy person, mm-hmm. right? Like I am not able to talk about the weather. Like if we sit down and have like a cup of tea, it's like, we're going to go deep. Yeah. Like we're gonna, like, I'm sorry, stranger. Like you shouldn't have sat next to me. Like, I'm like that too. My husband, when I joke about it, like I have this, we say that I have this like little notepad on my forehead that is just like, tell me your deepest, darkest secrets. Cause all of a sudden I'll be, it'll be like five minutes into the conversation. And I like know their life story. And my mom was like, is like that too. So I totally identify with that. Yeah. And, and it's so funny cause I'm a total introvert. So I don't like to like extrovertedly go out and like stand on stage and chat with everybody. But yeah, it's same. like, if you're sitting next to me and we're having a drink and we start to talk, it's like, we're going to talk about it's it. On. We're gonna, yeah. yeah. Like, we're, go, we're going deep. I'm so sorry. Like yeah. you're next to the wrong person. <laughs> so it's so funny because I think that all of our superpowers are things that we potentially at one phase and one season of our life don't like, you know? And if we can start to learn why those things are great. Like for you, you know, it's understanding like your laziness, which I am, I've got the laziness too. Yeah. We do in air quotes. That allows me to chill and to just be able to let things go and to be really present sometimes and to see perspective, you know, like I have to take a step back and that allows me so many things. And it allows me also to talk to other people that have that same feeling and relate with them. Right. And be like, it's cool. Like we're still good humans. Yeah. Even though like, like, I mean, my, my brain was always that I was like a lazy procrastinator. Like I got, I think I got the most tardies at my entire high school. Like, you know, like I never showed up on time. Like I didn't want to do my homework. And like that turns out as part of my entrepreneur gene, you know, like I'm like, how can we do this in a different way? You know, like I just didn't know how to channel that growing up, Mm -hmm. which is okay. But now recognizing and changing that dialogue to instead of like, yeah, I've always been lazy, even in high school to, wow, I've always been trying to problem solve in a different way. Right. You know, like I think that internal dialogue, especially right now during COVID could not be more important. And it's almost like, it's like a muscle, right? Like, and it's the easiest thing for us to take care of and for us to exercise in 30 minute or 30 second increments and literally 30 second increments. So for me, what I have always done, because I tend to be an ambitious, lazy person. Yeah. <laughs> and um, my ambition is really to grow and to be better, right? And sometimes that's in work and sometimes that's in my life. And I'm all, but I'm always wanting to be better. I'm really, I nerd out on personal development, right? I love to see what people are doing. I love to listen to inspiring stories. But because of that, sometimes my internal dialogue is constantly telling me to do more. Right. Or to compare yourselves to other people. Yes. Like, like I'm always going to have another step to go up, right? Like, so it's like, that could either be really inspiring and exciting, or it could be constantly telling you, you need to improve. Mm -hmm. You need to improve. You need to improve. So if you're already naturally always telling yourself you need to improve, you're going to get to the end of the day and you're just going to think about all the things that you didn't do. You're going to make a list of them. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to make a list of all the things you need to do tomorrow because you're going to try to 
feel more productive and project manage the situation. Right. When the reality is, is you're going to do that regardless. Like we're going to, we're going to project manage it. Like that's going to happen regardless. Right. What's not going to happen is us changing our dialogue to say like, you freaking nailed it today. You did a great job. Like you're going to nail it tomorrow. And in theory, that sounds really good, but mm-hmm. there are some actual like scientific practices that you can do to help change your brain to mm-hmm. naturally do that. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, the salespeople that are the best ones are the ones that are parking their car and that are like, dang, I parked really well today. Yeah. Like they're the people that are noticing every tiny, small thing they do. Every little the win. That's yeah. Fun. Every little win, like, and we just don't naturally do that, you mm-hmm. know. So you have to learn to get to the end of your day. And I used to start out with five things at the end of my day that I would recognize to say I'm proud of. And a lot of people will say to do like a gratitude practice, yes. which I think is beautiful and great. But for me and my personality, like, I am naturally grateful. Like, right. gratitude is easy. Yeah, like, I can list off same for me things right now. Same for me. But recognizing what I'm proud of, like, of myself, mm-hmm. is like that feels uncomfortable. Yeah, like. I'm like I don't, I don't like that. And so I, but I have to train my brain to see those things so that when I get to the end of the day, it starts to happen more naturally. Mm-hmm. And right now it does not happen naturally. And in COVID, oh my goodness, it does not happen naturally right, because right. I feel like I'm failing 1700 times a day. So yeah. I have to get to the end of my day and I have to list out between five to 10 things that I did that I'm really proud of. Okay. So I like you have suffered a miscarriage. When did you have a miscarriage? I had a miscarriage when my little McKenna bear was about, I think she was two and it was my second pregnancy. Your second pregnancy. Yeah. It was about two two years ago in September. Yeah. So I had a miscarriage as well after Sunny. It was a year ago. And I had very complicated feelings because I wasn't 100% sure I wanted to have a second child and we just got pregnant. And then once I had the miscarriage... I started to feel like relief that I wasn't going to have this responsibility anymore. And so how, how did the miscarriage, and it's kind of tinted now this anxiety for me about having a second kid. Like I'm kind of like, Oh, I, now I'm like, I wish that pregnancy just stuck and I would have had the second kid by now. And like, I wouldn't have been having this anxiety and overthinking and analyzing what a second kid looks like and will feel like blah, blah, blah. Like, did your miscarriage affect you in any kind of way like that emotionally? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I love that you're sharing this because I feel like miscarriages are really tricky to talk about because especially if you don't have a very quintessential response and reaction, right? Which Mm -hmm. is devastation and grief, right? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. there's absolutely devastation and grief that happens, but the level at which it happens is very different. I actually didn't experience as much devastation and grief when I miscarried. And I feel like that was probably a bit of survival. Uh Like Uh my job though, in that moment was to focus on McKenna because she was my child and she was there. And, and my other job was to focus on my body, right. Right. And to make sure my body was healthy and my body was taken care of. And so at that moment, I could only focus on the things that were right in front of me and really continue to focus on all the positive. And I think that, you know, like that's so easy to say, but I think that I just could not focus on the negative. I couldn't go into the world of of loss and death and grief. Like I just couldn't let myself go there. And I did have moments of breaking down, of course. Yeah. Like I had moments, but I really kept my focus on what was going to be happening the next day, the next day, because then it was like, oh, are we going to get pregnant again? Right. Which is terrifying after you have a miscarriage. You're just like, oh Like I don't want to have to go through this again. Oh, because it is, there's, there's definite like where I definitely felt a grief and a loss of that part of my life and, and my body and, and that baby later on. Yeah. Like I, de- I grieved a little bit more later on. I, I can recognize some moments, but, but in that time frame, I really didn't, I didn't have that grief of, of a loss of a life, but I did have the disappointment. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, like 
this road ahead is going to be a long one, you know, like, yeah. like, and I was ready to have a kid and, you know, we had kids older. And so I'm like, man, does this mean I'm going to have to have my second kid at 37, 38, mm-hmm, 39? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, what is that going to look like? And how long do I have to wait? And then once we waited, like, and we could start trying again, it was like, yeah, I, I'm not really ready. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like, like, oh, like, Hmm. Like it, it just all of a sudden felt like, like I wasn't eager to try again. Like yeah. I wasn't eager to go through that experience and through that disappointment. And, and we started envisioning what would life be like with just McKenna? Yep. Like, is that something you want? And you start having those conversations and you recognize you are so fulfilled and happy as is that you're like, if this was it, if it was just us three, we would, it would be amazing. Like it would be amazing. And there's a peace in that. So if you feel a sense of that, like you have to, like appreciate that because there's a lot of people that don't feel like that. Like, mm-hmm. right. They have their first kid and they're like, like no, I know I want more. Yeah. Like they are not complete. And then they have, and then they may struggle having that second kid. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of, you know, different feelings. So if you feel at peace and we felt very much at peace, we were like, Oh God, we feel so lucky to feel at peace. And like, we are a family unit already period. Mm-hmm. But then we did start envisioning like, what do we want life to be like in 10 years, Mm -hmm. in 20 years, Mm -hmm. like, right? And when we started to envision a little bit longer term, we were like, yeah, we definitely want like a brood of kids. Yeah. Definitely at least want a second. Yeah. And I knew like, if we tried, we are trying, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you get older, like you're not just like, like maybe. Like, yeah, the not trying, (laughs) trying thing. No, No, it's like, like, when are we ovulating? Yes, like it's happening. Like if we're going for it, we're going for it. Yeah. And we went for it. We got pregnant pretty quickly and we had Danny and she's about seven months old now. Oh my God. And um, I, I can't even imagine you not know, having like her. Not, no. And, but we did have the conversation of like, we're older. Life is going to be different with two kids than one kid. Like, are we willing to accept all these things? And for us, we just decided like, we want to be a family of four. Yeah. So it's almost kind of like that long-term vision. Like, do you want to be that family that's operating a, a family of four? Mm-hmm. And if you're like, yes, I want her to have a brother. I do. Yeah. Like, yeah. Then that's when you're starting to be, you start to be like, okay, this, this, this short term is, we'll get me in the trenches a little bit. Exactly. Like, I I don't love being pregnant. I'm not going to lie. Exactly. Exactly. So you're just like, okay, trenches for a while. We'll find a way to make the best of it because that longer vision of what we want is like, that's the dream. Yeah. And that's what I have told myself. That's what Timmy and I talk about. Like, I don't want to be pregnant. I don't want to go through that first year of having a a newborn again. I don't. However, when I look at my life in 20 years, I want to be a mom of at least a couple kids. Like I just want my life to be fuller. I want there to be more love. I want Sunny to have a sibling. So at a certain point, yeah, you do have oh, to just like... Oh, you're giving me the chills, girl. <laughs> I feel like you're going to have another baby. <laughs> I just... Yeah, we will. I, I mean, it, God willing, obviously, like hopefully we'll be able to get pregnant and it will, and everything will be fine. The more I talked about it, the more people told me to, to kind of think about like, when you look into the future, will you look back and regret not having more? And as soon as I said yes, I was like, I don't want to have those regrets. Like, I don't want to have any regrets, you know? So... Thank you for sharing that with me. That really helps. And I think it's so important for people to openly talk about their feelings because especially with miscarriage, there's no right or wrong. And so Mm -hmm. no one should judge themselves for any of that inner dialogue that they're having. Yes. Okay. So your podcast, Whiskey and Work, how long have you had it and what made you decide to get into it? Oh my goodness. It's so, so interesting that this is coming right off the conversation of the miscarriage because I decided I started it like the same month that we miscarried. And it was so interesting. I've been told forever, start a podcast, start a podcast. Like, you know, like you're a coach, you're, you have conversations, like these conversations should be recorded yep. and you should be creating content from them. And I was just in the trenches in my business, right? I was just like, oh, I'm just going to focus. My clients are doing well. Like I'm focusing on clients and people are like, if you want to scale this, you want to start creating products and online type of things, you need to be more consistent with your content. So I was like, okay, podcasting is probably the easiest thing for me. I can't do video. I get super like sweaty and uncomfortable. And I'm like, ah, like, you know, 
like public speaking makes me sweaty and uncomfortable. You're not today. I would never know. But even though I'm the same as you, but there's something I think I feel comfortable talking to you. Like there's something you can just feel on the other end, but a million percent. Yes. Yeah. If, if you weren't here, if your face was not here and I was trying to tell this same story, I would be like out of breath. I would be really <laughs> nervous. And I, yeah. And like yeah. staring at my face and being like, why do I speak that way? It looks so <laughs> uncomfortable. Like, you know, like videos just, it. not saying I'll never be able to I get it. it learned a learned skill that I haven't like focused on quite yeah. yet. I love writing. I love writing, but it takes me a long time to write mm-hmm. a piece of work that I feel mm-hmm. really proud of. So podcasting just seemed kind of like a no brainer. I started testing it out and interviewing a couple friends. And I was like dabbling in it. And I had so many friends and business coaches that were like, start the dang podcast. And yeah. I had like Amy Porterfield in my DMs being like, you have 30 days. You have 30 days to start that podcast. And I was like, ugh. And then um, I started to kind of like dabble in like putting my cover art together and things like that. And right then is when we got the very unexpected doctor's appointment of the miscarriage. And I took a step back and everything about the podcast changed for me in that moment. I realized that everything that I was doing and everything I could possibly be doing moving forward was this like love note for McKenna. It was like, you know, this like little time capsule of who mom is and what she's been going through and what, how she operates in her mid thirties, you know, like how she operates with a new kid, with a second kid, with starting her own business. And the podcast changed in that moment. It all of a sudden became this body of work that I wanted to create and put out into the world. And I always knew it would be a significant business driver for me, but the focus shifted. The focus was like, whatever you put out there, like imagine McKenna listening to that in 20, 30 years and always having these little sound bites of you. Like imagine that. And so all of my episodes changed and they became about life and about like me and like life and business, you know, how I was handling hard things, how I was staying motivated, like like what my insecurities were, things that I struggled with. And I started interviewing people and having these really deep, intimate conversations. And I started interviewing people that I just really loved that had great stories and were great humans that I wanted her to hear these conversations, right? And so that's how it started. And then um, as soon as I put it out into the world, it immediately started kind of picking up some traction because I think people want to hear real humans and real conversations. And it's not a polished podcast like at all. It's just like raw, conversational. And uh, people got to know me so quickly. And what was shocking was, and I had been told this, but like what was shocking was that my sales just shot through the roof. The demand shot through the roof because people all of a sudden, they heard me and they could binge listen to me Mm -hmm. and they decided right then and there, okay, this is someone I want to purchase from. So it's like, I don't have to sell at all, at all anymore. I have people coming to me in this really significant way. And the kicker was the people coming to me were my people. Mm -hmm. They were like, I was like, we could all be best friends. Like it was, this last year has been incredible. I just launched this big um, podcasting course. I'm Mm -hmm. teaching people how to start their own podcast and their own beautiful body of work. Yeah. Like I love it. And the people that have just joined this last month, like I could be best friends with all of them. And what I realize is when you start talking and you start being honest and open about this is who I am, the people attracted to you Mm -hmm. are going to be your people. Like they're definitely people that listen to the podcast. They're like, you are not my person, Kelsey. Like, But then they won't listen and then then they're not going to buy from you. Yeah. And it's so perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really amazing. Yeah, oh, that's so, so amazing. Really cool. Yeah. Oh, good. So where can everybody find you on social, your podcast, everything? Yeah. So go to KelseyMurphy.com. That's where you can get all sorts of fun like freebies. I have like how to plan your business and do the three-year manifesto kind of like that I talked about. Mm-hmm. The podcasting course that I talked about is on my site. All sorts of fun stuff there. Um, but as I mentioned, I'm a total introvert. So if you want to come chat with me, come over on social. Yeah. And, uh, Instagram is where I'm at. It's Kelsey Murphy. And uh, come slide into my DMs and say hello. That's okay. probably where you're going to actually get conversation from me. I mean, you can comment on my things, but at the end of the day, um, I would love to connect with people in a more intimate way. Mm-hmm. So uh, they can find me at Kelsey Murphy um, or KelseyMurphy.com. Amazing. 
Oh, Kelsey, thank you so much for doing this. This has been so enlightening and so helpful for me as I embark on the rest of my day. So I just appreciate this so much. I think you're so wonderful. So everybody check Kelsey out, KelseyMurphy.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney Eve Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets.